Hi guys, you're listening to Music Sounds Better with Two. I'm Julie. Yeah, I'm Matt. And we have made it to the final episode of Series One. Looks How like we made it. Exciting, guys. <laughs> yeah, thanks for that little musical salute, Natalie. Uh, we're, as usual, we're slightly delirious. We've been up doing some editing. Um, a little peek behind the curtain there like yeah. we're not doing this in linear format when do we ever um but we just wanted to record this little um intro to um really to thank you all first and foremost to anybody that's ever listened to the mm-hmm. insanity and thrown together nature of this podcast yeah we're so thankful for all of you we're thankful for all the feedback that we've had um, and the support we've had, it's its meant everything because this has been such a fun and <laughs> lovely and hilarious ride that we've been on since February. Yeah, well, like, ten, well, whatever 10 weeks ago was, January. Yeah, whatever, 10, we- yeah. 10 weeks ago, January? Julie. Yeah, that was February. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, thank you first and foremost for that. And a big special thank you to our guest that we have this week yes. lined up for you. We cannot stay away from those guests. Because... <laughs> no. And they've been handpicked by Natalie. I've not had any of my friends on yet. 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 Been... yet, but they've all been... Coming for you in season two. Coming for yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, they've all been handpicked from Natalie Willow and this week, Lewis. Um, we do talk about this briefly at the beginning, but the initial concept for um, episode 10 was that we wanted to have a look at queer culture and have a look at some of the music that has been important um, to people in the past um, and in the present um, from that community and we came to a realisation quite quickly that we didn't want to merely just sit in a room as two straight girls comment commenting on that. Yeah. We wanted actual feedback from someone within the community, um, yeah. and Lewis very kindly stepped up to the plate yeah. uh, and gave us an absolutely amazing <laughs> way over and above what we could ever have asked for. Um, he speaks so intelligently and so Honestly. humorously about his experiences growing up um, as a gay man and the music that was important to him and yeah. we're delighted with the way it turned out. Um, I think, yeah, I think Natalie, we had, we had some, <laughs> some amazing insight into his life. Would you agree? Totally. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's just always amazing to me listening to how music shapes someone's life. Like it really helped shape someone's life. And, yeah, or regardless. Like, yeah, like find them a place where they felt like they could belong and like, you know, when Lewis was talking about his own experience, it was just amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's regardless kind of what background you come from in a sense, but I think your background, like where you grew up, you know, what what was going on in your headspace, what was going on in your environment, those things all do factor into the kind of music that you listen to. So although yeah. music's a universal thing, it's experienced in so many different ways and we're loving taking that, that journey with other people as well as each other. It just keeps yeah. things fresh and exciting. It's adorable. It's like widening in the circle, the fans, the friends, the fam. We're all one in this podcast. Oh. We are all one. Yeah. <laughs> What's that term? Is it unity through diversity? Who coined that phrase? That's going to be need to be fact-checked too. Was it, it wasn't <laughs> Thomas Aquinas. Not this time. <laughs> Him again? 
Maybe he can't like, everywhere. He can't, maybe he can't stop themselves. Unit eaters. <laughs> I, I would think I had laugh. an ex-boyfriend that had the symbol that meant unity through diversity. Oh my god. Oh my I would actually god. laugh so much if it was someone that coined it that was like just someone totally left field, like Like my ex. He was the one that coined it. He created <laughs> his own symbol for it. No, I'm sure that's not true. Oh wow. No, like I don't know. I don't even know what I'm meaning, but like just totally unexpected. Like not even like a writer or anything at all. Yeah. Like anyway, safe. we'll we'll fact check that one and get back to you, I guess, in the show notes. Um, for now, enjoy our interview with Lewis, guys. Yeah, legend. And, uh, we'll see you with the best of episode. Maybe. Oh yeah. Coming for you in the future. We don't. Yeah. Know it's also going to be hours long because we have got so much <laughs> good content. Like. <laughs> Sorry, guys, but hope you've got a nice seat for yourself for the next 10 hours, okay? Whenever that's released. Yeah. <laughs> no, we have no sympathy for you because you're not the ones having to edit this mess together. So <laughs> enjoy that when it comes. But in the meantime, here's Lewis. See you guys later. So, bye. So, guys, we are joined with a guest this week we're very excited um lewis would you like to introduce yourself very briefly hello um, hi here. Feld buzzing. um i currently i'm studying with natalie and natalie has introduced me kindly to julie and <laughs> one of the first things natalie and i bonded over was our love of <laughs> So, um, that was genuinely the first conversation you, you and I, I had. Know. Once we followed each other on Instagram, I think yeah. I posted something about Gaga or whatnot. That's right. Was, I should have gone in from the username. I feel dumb yeah. that I didn't now. House of Lewis. There's a House plug. of Lewis. House of Gaga. We get it. We get it. Um, but yeah, so we kind of straight away knew, like, oh my God, we're on the same wavelength in terms of music. That's good. Um, yeah. And yeah when you guys started doing this I'd spoke to Natalie about oh my god that's amazing I'd love to do something like that and then it was just we made yeah, it happen. Exactly. yeah I mean I think from from where we were standing I think we'd had an, an episode a little while ago Natalie I can't remember which one it was now it might have been the girl band one but they're all a blur now <laughs> all of them we'd started talking about you know behind the scenes how we would like to do an episode on um, what music had been important and is yeah. important to queer culture. Yeah. Then we kind of thought to ourselves, like, the world does not need more straight people having a commentary <laughs> on a culture that we are not part of. Like, it's better yeah. to literally just listen to the life and kind of musical experience of, of experiences of someone within the culture which makes way more sense and I think Natalie it was you that suggested look why don't we get a guest on and actually hear from them so that's what we're doing and we're really and I thought of you (laughs) yeah we will we want we want um when we have a guest on we don't want them to have to conform to what we're talking about we want you guys to bring your ideas to us and we are here to serve you you're not serving yeah. us today. I'm absolutely thrilled to be resident queer for the day. Can't <laughs> wait. Cannot wait. For the day, you're here for life, mate. That's right. it. I know. It's a life sentence. <laughs> like whenever we get a guest on, it's like you might want to be thinking about how, like the lega- the legalities of restraining orders, because that's just gonna happen. Uh, friends for life. Okay, I know. Um, so, uh, 
dive in, Lewis. Tell us about your first kind of memories of uh-huh. music you growing up. <laughs> you know, it's funny because just before we had this call, when I obviously touched briefly on what my kind of experience was when yeah. we were talking about it prior to having a call, um, following that, I had a sit down with my mum and we were just kind of chatting about what I remembered compared to what she remembered from my experience and it kind of matched up but um the first first thing like that that really I'm, I'm so theatrical I don't even tell probably I love for it me too <laughs> there's a wee guy I was so into drama so into music so into putting myself out there for folk to look at me and things and um the first album that my mum got me she got me it from the Barras Love it. Uh, Classic. It was, it was one of those numbers where they've put the CD in the wee plastic wallet, printed <laughs> out the cover, <laughs> the <laughs> and the track list at the back, and it's the two bits of paper and then the CD in the middle. Um, and it was Shania Twain, Greatest Hits. Amazing. Um, or, I don't know if it's the Greatest Hits, it's the album that Man, I Feel Like a Woman's on. Oh, yeah. Iconic. And that was... The first album I ever had and the first music I was singing myself, the first, and I was a, a, a little boy, I was in primary school, because when did it come out, let me go, it was 1999, wasn't it? I don't know, but lots of awakenings happening in 99. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I've done a little bit of um, uh, digging into, into Shania right. Twain right. last night, I'd watched a VH1 documentary called Shania Twain in her own words from 2002. <laughs> Um, so let me, you can let see Lewis's face see. right now, he's living. <laughs> yeah. So I think it would be 1998, You're Still the One. Wait a wee yeah. second, no, that yeah. wasn't the name of the album. It might have been Come On Over was the name of the album, not 100% sure. It was. Um, but 98 seemed to be the kind of her exploding onto the pop scene when she was really fully taking hold of um country music but with a pop rock flavor to it that that differentiated her from just kind of generic Mm -hmm. country Mm -hmm. music so yeah i think that probably would have been what you were referring to with that one but it's a good documentary so i was if that came out in 98 i'd have been four um but it generally was at the time of primary school when i was first entering primary school when that album was like all i was obsessed and it wasn't like um, that. The album art for it wasn't particularly fantastic. It's just her, like yeah. getting put on the front of it. But be the man, I feel like a woman video. <gasps> the aesthetics! I mean, I, oh I my gosh! Like that was what really. I think I'd seen that video prior mm-hmm. to getting the album, and my mum saw what it did to me when I, when, <laughs> I, when I saw that. I was just in awe because. There's, I don't know, something about being gay. I think you you romanticise the notion of a powerful, powerful female. Powerful female. Yeah. I can't exactly tell you why, but I think that even straight children do that because totally. if you're presented with a Shania Twain and head to toe leopard print, yes, with the matching suitcase. <laughs> exactly. If you're presented with that, and then on the other hand, you're presented with someone who's not so flashy and in your face and camp and fabulous yeah. I challenge any child to say that they would prefer to go with the boring one they wouldn't yeah. but I think as a gay child it really really like let a fucking fire under my eyes <laughs> like oh my god <laughs> you know like 
what it is for you and like how it's like a total deeper level than that it's amazing it's astonishing actually mm-hmm. so cool. <laughs> I really don't think that I would be um I think I'd be different you, you would be different without music everybody would be but um I don't know it, it really allowed me to to be effeminate when I wanted to be effeminate and realize yeah. that I don't know that it's like a celebration almost all the time when you're listening to pop music than a woman singing it in my eyes that's the way I saw it as a child mm. I was like oh my god yeah that's and to you that was is, yeah you mm-hmm. recognized yourself in those women mm-hmm. like we all yeah. me and Natalie always talk about what 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 kind of shaped your identity when you were growing up and it's what you recognized yeah um and I think yeah there must have been something I mean, I don't want to kind of impose this idea, but did you ever feel there was a conflict um, in you recognizing yourself in a woman? And um, did you ever like that? Is that what you're describing when you say, I knew I shouldn't like that? And it's like, well, because I'm recognizing myself in something that, that society says I shouldn't recognize myself in. Definitely. And I think as well, it came from that song particularly because there's, so, there's a certain power in saying, man, yeah. I feel like a woman. Yeah. When you're. And like, not a woman and yeah. a child totally. like that, yeah. that can leave a bad taste in, in people's mouths yeah. um and yeah I guess that I did see myself in them and that kind of doing it in secret yeah why it, and there's that whole kind of like yeah mm-hmm. there's that whole really cool like androgynous aesthetic like throughout like uh, the whole thing uh, which is like uh, so cool <laughs> but at the same time like even although Shania was like and this is kind of where it's actually complicated but Shania was so powerful so feminine yeah but at the same time masculine as fuck yeah. like you said. yeah that's what I'm saying yeah that video yes specifically in that video mm-hmm. and I think that also had something to do with it as to why I was yeah. so tapped because it wasn't it was somebody who was doing both and I felt a little bit of both yeah, I get that. It's so cool, like harnessing like the different like um, masculine and feminine energies like within you. It's amazing. Because mm-hmm. as much as I'm as much as I'm gay and I have effeminate tendencies, I never ever wanted to be a woman. Yeah, there's a big difference there for me. Like you know, I, I don't identify as trans. Yeah, but being somebody who was doing both and it was okay and was being celebrated for doing yeah. both and had all the backup dancers and had <laughs> yeah. like. It's just, I wanted that. I wanted a production <laughs> about my two sides, you know? Like, I want you to have that too. I want you to have that right now. Yeah. <laughs> and at post lockdown world, we're going to recreate it, okay? You're yeah, Shania. Okay. We're all going to be the back and dance. And Lana Del Rey's post apocalyptic world. <laughs> um just so this runs kind of coherently so natalie was a bit late in joining us today and me yeah, and lewis hey guys late look. as usual sorry <laughs> yeah. me and lewis in the meantime didn't have any formal introductions like hey i'm julie nice to meet you hi i'm lewis nice to meet you <laughs> like with anybody that natalie introduces me to it's just we're on camera immediately like have you seen this music video let's talk about it um so lana's new single um chemtrails over country clubs we watched Amazing. the video for that and it's crazy because it starts off um, as Lewis pointed out is very much kind of par for the course Lana she's in her kind of vintage get up with a lace mask on that's clearly doing nothing to protect her from the pandemic <laughs> and it is kind of like tongue-in-cheek white like picket fences Americana and then it launches into this kind of post-apocalyptic world about a third of the way through and I and I stopped like <laughs> cleaning my glasses and making coffee and being like whoa whoa whoa, whoa wait 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 
I need to be paying attention <laughs> to what's going on right now. And it's insane. And I think, like, yeah, like, there is something, a specific power that women have to constantly be in a state, in a state of um, self-exploration. Yeah, yeah in a state of flux where they're constantly reevaluating their identity, maybe in a way, like, guys obviously do that too. But I, I think there is something the really same special way. about the way that yeah. women do that. And actually, Definitely the way... Is society then comments on it like we, we yeah. spoke about jerry halliwell a couple of weeks ago and you know the minute she stopped being ginger spice um lost a lot of weight which is incon- inconsequentially anything but yeah. when it was picked up that she had lost weight and she was wearing you know the little leg warmers and she'd she'd clearly gone to the gym and toned up and and people were like oh you know she looks sick she looks ill and it's like the way that like the media and society and all of that suddenly comments on the fact that when women make the slightest change in their appearance their identity they can't handle it it's so strange yeah Yeah. Yeah, definitely I mean when I was watching the Shania Twain documentary she she does actually speak a little bit about our kind of sexy stage persona as fantasy she identifies that as well that's like the fantasy shania that dresses up and has that theatrical yeah like stage presence um and but she says you know what i didn't really want that i wanted to be a homebody and go and live with my husband in switzerland i had comment <laughs> i had some kind of comment on that that i'd written down i don't want to like, impose too much but i did i thought it was quite funny that so she'd um she'd she'd married a rock producer called um john lang known as mutt that's <gasps> no natalie's immediately like having a sharp inhalation trash what left yeah mutt so like so the thing with me is i'm obsessed with english bull terriers i swear i'm going with somewhere with this there's a blink 182 song called mutt that is one of mine and natalie's kind of favorite song well certainly one of my favorite songs that they do and i want to have an english bull terrier called mutt in the future that's that's (laughs) named after the the blink boys uh, song so she so she she jetted off to Switzerland to live in obscurity with Mutt. This is the thing that happened. I swear I wasn't on drugs when I was watching this documentary. This happened. So she jets off to Switzerland to be with her husband Mutt, and they sit and compose lovely music together and all the rest of it. But he turned out to be a bit of a mutt because he left her for her best friend. No. Can I say the C word? Um, we can put an explicit rating on it. You can say whatever you want. Yeah. Coward. No, Kevin, can't. <laughs> but, um, but it was weird because Shania ended up marrying her best friend's ex-husband. So there was oh, this kind of weird, like, Lewis is clapping. He's doing a slow hand clap. <laughs> And um, he's actually um, a Swiss Nestle executive. Rolling in the dollar. Yes, just like, yes, one. Joan Crawford, she married and a a tycoon. Yeah. She married the tycoon, so she, you know, although she likes to live in obscurity, she's like, also, (laughs) I'll marry a Swiss uh, Nestle executive. Yeah. (laughs) I love that story so much. Just to, I know we'll probably talk about this later on, but... I think it's really interesting that you pick up on the duality um, of being Shania and being Shania Twain. Yes. That's so interesting because my 
biggest idol of all time is Lady Gaga. But amazing. I in uni I wrote an essay on this on um the I wrote Love it on the song Do What You Want. Uh with at that point. Oh my was, word. Yeah, no, keep talking, keep talking. I just, I, like, I, do what you want. Probably one cra- of my, if not my absolute favourite song that she ever did, and I love that she then re-recorded it with Christina when all the yeah. R. Kelly stuff came up. Yeah. Anyway, go on, Lewis, while Fantastic. I have right. a part for you here. <laughs> so the, 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 the thing that I wrote, it was to do, we to close reads, basically, um, and we could pick any form of literature. So I chose to do lyrics, and um, basically... Everything about that song is talking about the difference between Stephanie and Lady Gaga and how her uh, her body mm-hmm. is Lady Gaga. So she gets criticised all the time for wearing nothing, yeah. wearing meat, wearing this, wearing that. But that vessel is yeah. Lady Gaga and she doesn't give a fuck if you have that, take that. Yeah. That's the part she wants you to have. Because yeah. if she gives you that part and she shoves it in your face, you're not going to start to take the Stephanie. Absolutely. Yeah. Because the, the lyrics like are like, you can't have my, what is it? You can have my heart, but you can't have my mind. You can't, you can't own can't my, my mind. body. Mm-hmm. And it was, I just, and because obviously I've followed her since I was, we like, not we, 2009, 2010. I've watched yeah. all the interviews, all the tours, everything recorded about women. I know, like, I've seen the things she says and, like, the, the moments and that song really, like, resonated with me, like, majorly. And recently I've been thinking about Britney the same way. There, you know, there's a difference between Britney Jean yeah. and Britney Spears. Big difference. Totally, totally. And it really, like, see, thinking about having to, like, separate all those boxes in your head. yeah. How the fuck do they do it? Like, I, I, you I have know. to compromise so much on your own self. Yeah. Yeah. It's and like I can't, people, I can't, essentially. I, mm-hmm, but I mean, I challenge you to name me one artist that you think is 100% themselves on stage. Because no, I don't I think that's true. I, no, don't think I, I think that's the whole point on a stage. You, it's all mm-hmm. pretense on some level. You're pretending mm-hmm. to be a something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like like it's an amped up version of yourself. That's the whole point of being on stage that you aren't the person that you are. Like when Shania is in her interview, she's got a man's shirt on and a cap that says Canada (laughs) on it. She's not that. She's not going to be that on stage. Uh But I must say, I've been waiting my entire life for someone to write an essay on "Do What You Want" because I'm obsessed with that song and I literally like. It, it, it always felt so different to me than anything else she'd ever done. When you really listen to the lyrics, it is like she's saying, you know, although it was tied up with the whole R. Kelly thing, although she, she then re-released it with Christina, which for me is the much better version of the song for so many reasons. Yeah. And, she, and she, I love that she didn't ignore that. She didn't ignore the fact that what had happened with R. Kelly, she took that and went, no, I'm not going to be a part of, yeah. like, like the same way with, um, she- Lauren Mayberry from Churches when they found out they'd had a collaboration with Marshmallow and then they found out Marshmallow yeah. had collaborated with Chris Brown and they're going, yeah. no, yes, separate the art from the artist, but I'm not going to take part in that. Yeah. And she she went a step further. She didn't even just re-record it. She deleted that version from the internet. Yeah, she deleted yeah. it. If you go on YouTube, you will not find Do You Want Featuring R. Kelly. If you go on Spotify, you will not find it. If you go yeah. on Apple Music, you will not find it. It's completely gone. That's and, amazing. Like, you know, I, 
the time though, like it is I, I do understand where she was going with it and why she had R. Kelly on it. There was also a unreleased music video for that song with R. Kelly in it. Mm-hmm. And it simulated a lot. There's clips of it on YouTube, but it simulated a lot of really fucked up shit. Mm-hmm. Obviously, guys up in pop culture and all lovely mm-hmm. mix and all that. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. It simulated a lot of really worrying stuff and if you watch a lot of the performances from that time when she sang it with him yeah um it's it's simulating rape in my in my eyes when i watch it i'm like it makes me really uncomfortable there's a specific version of it on snl and she was wearing this like gorgeous full fringe wig and uh rovsky crystal like and they're gyrating on the floor and he's on top of her and things and it's very uncomfortable Mm. but but it was prior to the R. Kelly thing and at that point he'd been found innocent yeah yeah he'd been found innocent and so as well Gaga was raped Mm. and he's quite open about that in a lot of her interviews and music like till it happens to you I don't know if you heard that song um it's about her experience with that it was a producer who did it and I think that that song also was all about that. Yeah. And I think that she was using, I don't know, it was just very, it was a very problematic era. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and music in general, I think, because like it was the same as the whole, like the Robin Thicke, Miley Cyrus performance yeah. and everything. Like it, there was just a yeah. lot of exploitation going on that should not have been happening that late on in the day. But, mm. yeah, you know, 100%. we're here... Yeah, yeah, we're here now, and we're much more informed, mm-hmm. thankfully. So, yeah. I really urge you to watch the the clips of the unreleased video. The, the whole thing's not there, but watch it, and you'll see what I mean. She's okay. like on a yeah, and shit and stuff. It's weird. Yeah, right. I th- yeah. I think you've you've quite rightly picked up on everything that I think she was trying to say. I mean, now yeah. I actually didn't know that she'd she'd suffered rape at the hands of a yeah. music producer. Um, but certainly when you read the lines, um, you know, the lyrics that I remember listening to and just going, oh, wait, she's saying something here. You can't have my heart and you won't use my mind, but do what you want with my body. And it's like literally saying this is flesh and bone. You might have some kind of control over this part of me, but the inner part of me will not die, like refuses to die. I remember really just having a sense of that when I heard that song. And yeah, there's other lyrics like Tom Ford, private flights, crazy schedule, fast life. Yeah. (laughs) So just reading the lyrics because because (laughs) kind of somewhat embedded in all of that superficiality is her saying, no, there's an inner being to me that you don't have, that you won't have access to. No. Um, And playing with that image imagery like you know the stuff that you're describing that's in that video like playing with that imagery and, and amping that up but underneath all of that there is stuff in there that she's speaking firsthand about what it feels like to have your control over your body taken away which is the nature of sexual assault is that in that moment you you don't mm-hmm. have control over what's happening to your physical body but you hear sometimes about people that have suffered abuse and there's this like separation that the the a cars yeah. attached from what's happening and yeah. you'll never hear stories where they're like I focused on like a stain on the wall and that was that was how psychologically I survived what happened to me even though the, I couldn't control what was happening in my body yeah 
No. It's like so a interesting. Thing, isn't it? Yeah. It is. And there's there's another really cool performance that she does of it. And she has it was at the, the EMAs, I think. It was with R. Kelly again. And they did a skit about um him being the president and her being like a Marlon Monroe type ingenue. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm pure cringing on screen. I'm like it's ridiculous. <laughs> she, it's fucking ridiculous. Again, lots of simulated stuff that shouldn't really be yeah. simulated. Yeah. It was that year when, when she arrived on the horse to the Emmys. That oh, okay. <laughs> of course, I got it. Usual. We'll link all these, don't worry, in the yeah, socials. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, she is a part of the end and she's on the desk and the music stopped and she's singing a cappella. And in the background, it's all these news articles flashing up on the screens. Lady Gaga's fat, Lady Gaga's over, Lady Gaga's this, Lady Gaga put on weight, Lady Gaga, all these things about her body. Because at that point, it was, sorry, I don't say it, I think cut out there. Um, but at that point, she was, she was gaining weight. Yeah. And it was really like, I just thought it was so... So many things went on at the one time in that song, but like putting yeah. those newspaper articles, oh shit, putting her newspaper articles behind her, like on the screen, I thought it was like just so emotional. Really, yeah, like, it's totally and just like raw and beautiful and oh, yeah, amazing. Oh. Mm-hmm. I love it. Oh. Like, I could actually talk about that woman all day. You, you're I literally <laughs> giving us so much more than we could possibly have asked. For already, I'm so excited. Um, so yeah, so Shania, obviously, she she was mm-hmm. she was a, a big deal for you in your kind of yeah. really early years. Um, do you remember that changing or evolving in any way as you approached kind of your teenage years? Who started to influence you? Um, yes, but I think before I got to my teenage, the internet influenced everything in my teenage years. I'm sure it was the same for you guys. Um, but. Very late, very late teens, Lewis. Sure, sure, <laughs> I'm, old, I'm older than you, darling. <laughs> but this is so interesting, I think, because of, I'm 25 um, yeah. and and the experience I had is obviously a little bit different. Um, yeah, of course. The, like, I kind of missed the boy band era. Yeah. I, I like, just, and I was yeah. at the cusp of the girl band era. Like, yes. I had girls and everything. But I really... For me, after Shania, the next person I fixated onto, you probably won't be surprised, is Kylie. Oh. Um, really, like, I had another kind of eureka moment when the Can't Get You Out of My Head video came out. Amazing. And she had the right hood. Oh. I just, honestly, that was... <laughs> we started doing a dance. <laughs> I'm still... I've still listened to Kylie Minogue on a daily basis. I love that woman. I oh, totally. Mate, you were, you were saying that like the new album was like powering through your first placement, wasn't it? Incredible. I listen to it every morning on the motorway. There you so go. Good. Well, my but, experience with, with Kylie is very different. My, my Kylie era, I mean, Kylie you're was like, one of the first... Kylie, aren't you? Yeah, one of yeah. the first albums I ever owned was um, the, I sh- the album that I should be so lucky on. I mean, um, I'm older than both of you guys. I'm, I'm 38. Mm-hmm. So so Kylie was was really first ever coming onto the, the scene when I was in my chi- when I was in my very early childhood years. And mm-hmm. 80s era Kylie is so much it's fun. So good. Yeah, so amazing. I will I'm sure you've heard all her early stuff anyway. They yeah, one back retrospectively. Yeah, and, yeah. Now I'm I'm a huge fan, like fanboy, like seriously yeah. obsessed. But I think it was so 
when you look at like the I should be so lucky kind of era and things, she's a different person. She yeah. is, and like she kind of turned into a bit of an enigma at the kind yeah, of totally. yeah. that curly haired, fresh faced Australian girl was out the fucking window and yeah. it was an absolute she grew up. queen in front of you. And I didn't feel like she was she was I feel like that's where she needed to be. Yeah. Like, no, like fabricated or anything with her. No, no. She did so many she hair grew as up well. in front of yeah. her eyes. Two thousand yeah. Kylie was a big deal when she did yeah. spinning around, and all of a sudden yeah. she wasn't fresh faced, curly hair. She was in gold hot pants, tiny yes. little thing as Owning. well. You know, oh, and what? like yes. the whole yeah. thing. Oh. It was like she'd been reborn, like the old Kylie was gone and it was like, all of a sudden she was this diva that just owned, like she had like the showgirl tour, I'm I'm sure it was called, and and, and a whole new other generation started to grow up with her. And it is amazing when you when you see someone almost like split into two people, like it literally Mm -hmm. just growing up in front of your eyes. But but also taking this new generation of of kids under her wing the same way that she would have done, um, with people in their thirties. Um, yes, cool. She's I fucking love that woman. Honestly, great. (laughs) Actually, last week I sat and watched one of her fucking concerts on YouTube. (laughs) Thing. Big shout out to people that upload entire concerts onto YouTube. Yeah. They're the real MVPs. They are the real MVPs getting us through lockdown. <laughs> we we'll <clap> for them. <laughs> but yes, Kylie was the next one after Shania, really. Um, Amazing. Yeah. Who do you have after that? Because like you were talking about like your your internet. So like what what kind of like? Because obviously I'm kind of like from MySpace era, but like you so, know, yeah, my era on the internet would be Tumblr. Yes. I don't know. Tumblr romanticize a lot of things that maybe you shouldn't romanticize. No, totally. Um, say feel harm, like, there was a lot of problematic murder. elements. Yeah. Yeah, but then also I find it started to the people like Marina and the Diamonds. Yes. Was a Tumblr win. Aye. She was a Tumblr wing. Tumblr yep. type for all the foreigners. Um, <laughs> but that really, like, if you, I don't know if you guys listen to Marina and the Diamonds. Yes. By the way, we probably crossed paths, like, at the last gig that she did. Were you there at the last yeah, gig? Loving, in the... Yeah, we probably, we probably crossed paths and we didn't know each other at the time. How sad is that? My exposure to Marina, yeah, literally was I Am Not a Robot. There was other little interesting mm-hmm. songs like Hollywood and um, Jealousy, I think I remember, was yeah. a song that kind of meant to me, meant something to me at a time when I was um, going through quite a bad yeah. relationship. Um, I'd actually read quite an interesting article from The Guardian on mm-hmm. Marina and how we never fully embraced her the same way we did similar female artists. Yes, true. Yes, true. Lewis, speak on this. I can see you resonating. Mm-hmm. She was the epitome of cool sadness, glamorized yes. sadness, right? Uh-huh. Prior to Lana, because Lana's now that, I would say, but 
Yeah. And Irina's music's really developed a lot. Like, it's mm -hmm. so different now to what it, it was. It is from her older, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even and her I, look is totally different, because, yeah. you, you know, back, back in the day she had that kind of almost, like, sort of modern Marie Antoinette, kind of, like, the love hearts yeah. on the face kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Electra Hart was, like, mm. incredible, like, yeah, but that was to me like logging on to Tumblr. I would be inundated with videos and floating gifts and things like that of, of just her and her. Like, mm -hmm. she kind of started the very, very Americana thing for yes. me. She symbolizes the beginning of that. I like that sort of new modernized, like a 50s powerful yeah. woman. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, and that very much appealed to the audience that uh, Tumblr attracted. Mm -hmm. Very and aesthetic, her, totally. 100% and a lot of her lyrics are really really sad yeah. really sad and about uh, uh, there's a specific song that sticks out Teen Idol <gasps> that's my favorite one yeah it's fantastic that yeah. song is so it's about like all like facade and like oh, yeah. the way that the way that culture and society it, just mm -hmm. holds up these mm -hmm. images also, that are just like, not it, it's about Teenage depression, like yeah. teen idol, I -D -L -E. it's not like, it's yeah. made, not idol, like teen idol, yeah. and yeah. she talks about puking up food, eating the yeah. uh, cake, some of the cake, suicidal, yeah. learning the bible, like all these yeah. things, she, she was just so, it was. So many like, emotions going on inside you. Mm -hmm. In the 2000s and the 2010s, it was so cool to glamorise things like that, and now it's not. Oh. I would say yeah. we moved away from that, but I feel like had she not done that, we probably would be talking about it as openly as we do today. I don't know. Well, had she not done it, she would have been accepted, like we were talking ah, about. Ah, right, okay. So you're because saying she'd been a bit more safer? You think she would have probably had more mass appeal? But I don't think she wanted the mass appeal. She's very mm. niche. And yeah. I feel like she knew what she was doing by keeping it niche, and she knew she was targeting the Tumblr kids. Yeah. Because she was one. Yeah, um, exactly. It, you know, so I'm glad yeah, she that's didn't so cool. become huge because yeah, like represent. I, mm -hmm. I feel like Marina's very personal to the UK. Yeah, I was going like, to say like the gig. Yeah, like the gigs that she does are still very intimate. I feel like they're all very, yeah. you know, it's a community feel. Hundred percent, which is nice. Yeah. I, th I think there's a, there's a really interesting tension there where you're saying that yeah, Tumblr did seem to glamorize mm -hmm. this kind of sadness and depression and, and self-harm that was going on where it was almost as if we were trying to find a language to talk about things like yes. that but we maybe and missed the mark in, in terms way. of taste but yeah. the idea of, of what the Tumblr generation were doing being the building blocks for us later on to be able to talk about self-harm and yeah. depression and suicidal thoughts but in a more productive healthy manner where we're actually yeah. getting closer to be able to give it visibility and to be able to deal with it in a yeah. in a proper way rather than just you know on like a sort of an internet forum that didn't really have much sort of like, yeah it was redundant there was no yeah shit experiences and awful things yeah. that's what it was but in a raw yeah. way like literally saying yeah, look th this is physically what i'm going through and, yeah. and actually this is a really kind of weird tangent to take but um, is it snow no it never is podcast, was crazy, do you it, remember the girl that that died um 
in Elisa Lam, the girl that died in the hotel in, in the States. Yes. Um, yeah, she, she was, her body was found in the water tank. Water she'd been, she had been part of that Tumblr community. Yeah. And that yeah. was people were following her journey through her bipolar yeah. disorder and, and all of this. And yeah. obviously it kind of, there was a lot of kind of weird, stuff and weird kind of conspiracy theories tied to that that i often think aren't helpful to be speaking about um, yeah when you're talking about like that she's passed now but yeah. um yeah that just brought brought to mind that and i think yeah we we, we literally were we were, we were trying to find the language for things that were happening rather than it all being suppressed and kept silent yeah and now yeah, yeah hopefully we're moving towards more um, and helpful, helpful yeah. conversations mm-hmm. yeah and i definitely think that that's why Lana was so important because when Marina was first around, I don't think people were ready. I yeah. guess Lana came around and I think it makes a difference she was American too. I, I think so that. as well. Yeah. I think um, that always helps. But she has a very similar aesthetic to what Marina mm-hmm. has. Very yeah. similar, if not borderline the same. Yeah. The content of her music and lyrics although musically different and the sound there's pretty similar again yeah marina you know uh-huh. and obviously i would say marina's music is a little bit more um wild in terms of yeah I, I was i was going to use the word like wacky but i hate wacky. the word wacky but i couldn't think of another mm-hmm. word <laughs> Lana's a bit more it's a bit more restrained and like marketable i would say totally. but her talking about drugs, daddies, all these things, like mm-hmm. romanticising bad things. Yeah. Uh, I feel like that, she blew the fuck up. Do you not remember in Born yeah. to Die came out how yeah. wild it was? And like it video games was everywhere. Video, video games, games was had everywhere. a massive impact on me. Uh-huh. Again, it's kind of weird for me because I'm looking back at, at the Julie that was going through probably the, the worst period of my life um, in a relationship that was really unhealthy for me. And I remember sitting with my friend um, watching video games, the video for the first time, and there was something that she had captured and the yeah. mood, not even necessarily the, necessarily the lyrics, but the mood of that music yeah. video and this mm-hmm. deep, dark place that she seemed to be in that really deeply, deeply spoke to me. Um, and I, I couldn't get it out of my head for days. No. I was like, oh, this, is, this looks different to yeah. the female mm-hmm. artists that I've known growing up. Like, again, yeah. you're recognizing part of yourself yeah. in that kind of stage persona, that like artist persona. Um, and yeah, I think, I think it's relevant to have that. Although there's yeah. problematic stuff going on, it's like, mm-hmm. you have to almost kind of, eat the the meat and spit out the bones and yeah and find the value in what they were doing um lana and marina actually i think were friends from what i can tell and kind of look at the internet that although uh, the first thing you find when you google their two names (laughs) is maria's follow maria marina has unfollowed lana and that's a yeah. big Reddit post. And that's like literally oh. the first thing that comes up when you Google them. And it's like, oh, guys. Those subreddit guys, come on. Yeah. Hey, those two <laughs> together. If I could have one duet, if I could just one, just one, those two, as much as I adore Gaga, Marina and Lana. Uh-huh. Marina and Lana, if you're listening, you know what to do. You know what to do. Also, <laughs> um, I'm going to show how much of a freak I am by knowing this, but there's an unreleased Lana song. Huh? That is about Gaga, because they knew each other prior to both being famous. 
because they both operated in the Lower East Side in, in New York. And they kind of frequented the same bars. Uh -huh. and, yeah, yeah. and the song is called Your You're So Something. I can't remember the full name. But she basically says in it, Stephanie, you're so shit. Everyone is going gaga over you. Why? Basically, that's what the song says. She names her. She names her. She names her. It's clearly Lana. And it was because in the fandom, the, the kind of conspiracy theory with this was uh, Gaga got signed before Lana did, mm -hmm. which we know is true because she was out around before. before. Yeah, Lana. yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and that royally fucked off Lana, apparently. <gasps> and this point, this she was like still a living. This is like a fan fiction on its own. Like this you right know, here. You this, need to this watch truth. The video. She was still Lizzie Grant. Mm -hmm. um, at that point, she wasn't yet Lana Del Rey, but it's quite funny. The song's like quite <laughs> hilarious. I'm going to Google the name because I can't remember. That's is it so legit? So legit, that's that. Looking at it now, wow. yeah. Um, so this is, this is actually from the what? NME. So the oh, NME wow. did an article, Lana Del Rey appears to criticise Lady Gaga in leaked song So Legit. Song includes lines such as "You're looking like a man, you're talking like a baby." Okay, girl, I see you. <gasps> Stephanie, you suck. I know you're selling twenty million. Wish they could have seen you when we booed you off in Williamsburg. <laughs> How does she sing that? Like she must, because she's trying to make that rhyme with Williams. So like there has to be like a huge gap, like Williamsburg. <laughs> it's just unbelievable, like. That's she insane. really harbored a lot of fucking hatred for Gaga. I know, like, jeez. Like, Girl, like, the, like there's, there's room enough at the table. There's room mm. enough at the table for the both of you. Like, mm. you know, girls supporting girls. Come on. Come she on, says, ladies. She says in it, you're so shit. Like, that's literally a line. And it's like, definitely... You're... It's awful. Like, what awful like, thing you say about, ga about your gags? What awful thing you say? Gag? I know, I that's an internal struggle. I, I, I was going to Lana say because she is mean to Gaga, mm. but you can't, you can't, because you've got a whole love for both of them in your heart. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's it is an internal yeah. struggle, but it's one that you bear. It's your cross to bear. Everyone's got one. Hundred <laughs> percent. Um, but I think that I'm glad that song never was released. Was never released. Oh, I know. Could you imagine how problematic like that would have been? Like honestly, yeah. I mean, obviously it's still out there and people know about it, but like not mm -hmm. not to the level of like mass release. Yeah. I think you need to be a bit of a like a true head like yourself, Lewis, to like know about it. Not. not even a true head. I've literally had no. a Lady Gaga Tumblr since 2009. I was That's part amazing. of com, which was Lady Gaga's social media site that she made for her fans. I have camped out to see the bitch. I've <laughs> I've travelled to Las Vegas to see her. I've um oh, I'm literally I used to dedicate everything on my life, not deliberately, I just was fucking psychotic and <laughs> I'm patch everything I'm, in my life. To I'm calling it dedicated. So yeah. tell me, what, what was it about um, Lady Gaga that you saw and thought, right, here is where I'm going to pitch my tent. I'll, mm -hmm. I'll live and die. <laughs> He's dropped tell the pen. He's dropped the pen. So, tell me. I was not arsed, interested, couldn't give a fuck about just dance poker face literally at that time i was like get the fuck no <laughs> yep, yep, yep yep there was nothing there was nothing in check because i mean yeah, nothing, it was quite, quite it was quite poppy like produced, generic like, so yeah, generic yeah, quite, 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 yep like no like blonde hair on a dolphin 
and a swimming pool and the garden. Disco balls, no. Just dance, da, 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 all yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> great tune, like great tune. I appreciate it. It's a good party tune. tune. But I, I was like looking it. for someone to like obsess over, and I was like, yes. it's not going to be hard because it's not deep enough. Not deep, yeah, enough. not deep enough. And then, and then, uh, telephone video. Well, bad romance, yes. obviously, but it, bad romance was when I was like, oh, she's weird. I like that. But yeah. it was telephone, wasn't it? It was telephone yeah. that did it for me because I wasn't really asked about Beyonce at all. Yeah. It was just the whole, I had not seen a woman rock yellow hair, leather, studs, mm-hmm. fishnets, heels, thongs, all of that fabulous. The police thing. don't cross signs all over. Yes. Yeah, she's, in the, she's in the jail cell. I was yeah, me watching amazing. telephone last night and being like, yes. Absolutely, you... let's talk about this because it's insane. It's so good. A moment. Julie, do you remember that Glasgow Uni lecture that we I had? I knew you were going to bring this up at some point. Yeah, yes. I do. I mean, I just literally want to hear Lewis talk about it, but what, me, Natalie, it? Natalie, you probably remember this experience in greater detail than me. Um, so, yeah, let, let's have a kind of quick like, yeah, time. Like, Lewis, right? I mean, I wish I knew the name of this woman because Lewis would be, like, following her on, like, every social media. Probably but... <laughs> <laughs> She was, like, a lecturer at Glasgow Uni. And so, like, we walk in. It was when we were doing... What what book were we even doing? Was it, like, Orlando or something? I can't even remember. We were doing... We were, we were doing some sort of boring, boring, boring book anyway for this English mm-hmm. Lit course at Glasgow Uni. And we walk in to the lecture hall and we can see... We can see... That Gaga and Beyonce telephone is waiting to be played on the screen, and all the, the atmosphere in the room completely changes. We're like, "What is going on here? What is happening?" So she gets up and she's like, "Yeah, like so." I just thought to get in the mood for this lecture because I think she was talking about like gender roles and stuff, and like you know power relationships and all that. That's why I think it was Orlando that it was to do with. But anyway, it would have been Orlando because one yeah. of my favorite authors of all time, because of um, studying um, her at. Glasgow Uni was Virginia Woolf. I absolutely yeah. oh. love Virginia Woolf. <gasps> Are you a Virginia Woolf fan? Shut <laughs> the front door because she did, and she did write this book called Orlando, and it, and it was yeah. about kind of um, gender boundaries right. being crossed and played yeah. with and analysed yeah. and all of that. And that I did. Would have been I remember one going, and it's the same kind of just. Yeah. I remember ones. Like, oh my yeah. goodness me! Why did a woman need? What is it? So much money a month and uh, I can't remember the quote from it. It's iconic. Yeah. yeah. So she, so uh, that video was super long, as you know. So she was like, yeah, I'm just going to play it. So she played the whole thing and we were like, wow, that was amazing. That's like taking up like a good 15 minutes to this lecture. And then she went, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then she went on to, we thought, right, she's probably going to go on and like relate it to Orlando somehow now. She didn't really, ever. She just spent the whole time talking about Gaga and Beyonce and how great a song. She even played it again. She played it again. Right. Too good, twice. That. So yeah, that, I just, that reminded me of that mm-hmm. story, Lewis. Mm-hmm. So continue, continue on no, the Gaga. That, that video, like, I, you know, it's really hard to say what it was specifically about it. There were so many things. There was a lot of... There's a lot going on. Weird undertones in that. Yes, in that yeah, but that's what she was talking about. She was talking about the relationship between Beyonce and Gaga and saying, yeah. you know, that is clearly like a sort of like a mm-hmm. loving relationship there. 
aside from that, there's the prison guards who mm-hmm. are very, very emasculated women. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, very masculine women, sorry. Mm-hmm. And and they talk about being gay in it. Um, yeah. As well as that, there's the scene where she has the cigarette glasses on. Yeah. And she's making out with the woman and who's yeah. quite androgynous, androgynous presenting yeah, women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. out with her. Um, that, she had, Gaga hadn't done that before. That was the first time. Yeah. You hadn't really. Um, I mean, Alejandro, I can't remember when, if that was before or after Telephone. I'm pretty sure it was the one right after. That yeah. was when I was like, oh my God, right, <gasps> she's a fucking queer queen because remember Alejandro <laughs> when they were, men were dancing on the beds and the heels. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Yeah. But Telephone was such a moment. And I think it, what really, obviously we all like, nice stories and met with english uh, yeah graduates. we're all english here yeah everything that she does has a meaning everything yes. now i can't tell you what they are but i know that the way she thinks everything has a meaning uh-huh. to her totally and she has this thing for making her music videos be a continued like a story, story arc yes that's so, so creative this all started with a beyonce song called video phone Right, so video phone featuring Gaga, and and that I mean it's a bit low budget, like Beyonce's and a. Been all about black. low budget, mate. And Gaga's <laughs> in a white one, and they've got yeah. guns and whatnot, and they're dancing in the chairs, really sexy, beautiful. And then after that, it was telephone, <laughs> and you know, paparazzi fits somewhere in here. By the way, paparazzi's my favourite Gaga song ever. <laughs> So at the end of Pat, so Pat and Paparazzi, she kills her boyfriend. Yeah. And then in Telephone, they run away to kill Beyonce's boyfriend. Right, that's it, that's right, that's they right. They met each other in video phone. Gaga killed her boyfriend, gave Beyonce a call. They thought, right, we'll go kill your boyfriend. Yeah, and then they could be together Tyrese, happily ever after. Tyrese Gibson, I think, yeah. was the, the actor. Mm-hmm. And then, and this is another thing in the fandom that's going to break hearts and it's broken my heart for years. Uh, on Art Pop, there's a song called Aura. It's the first mm-hmm. song on the album. It was originally called Burka. Mm-hmm. About like wearing veils and covering your identity to hide yeah. behind the, myst- the, the mystique and things. And that song is the follow on from Telephone. Yeah. Because the lyrics of it in the first line is that I killed my former friend, left it in the trunk on Highway 10. And at the end of telephone, they're driving down Highway 10 in the pussy wagon. Yeah, that's right. So obviously the implication is that she's killed Beyonce. Yeah. Right? And then um, they never, ever, ever released a video for it, which broke my heart. But there are performances of her doing it. Okay. And she has in a cage, almost, Mm -hmm. right? And... If you when you listen to the song and watch her singing it, there's moments where she's like pleading with the dancers around her to let her out the cage because she's been captured. Mm-hmm. And then they let her out the cage and she goes fucking batshit crazy. And it's <laughs> it's really good. There's a performance, I think she did at the Jingle Bell Ball for Amazing. And that was that. And it was just so wow. And I wish there had been a video for Aura, but there wasn't, which makes me sad. Oh, 
Oh, yeah, I mean, that was what was funny when I watched the video for Telephone. Like, literally, I think the first um, YouTube comment underneath was um, the fact that at the end of the video, it says, to be continued has haunted me my whole life. Lewis, did you write that? Well, I feel really really sad for her because after the fame monster, that's when it all went to shit for her in terms of her management. Mm -hmm. Art pop was... A joke to be honest there was I think the, the rumours were she was still writing material for that up until yeah. like the month before it came out <sighs> because they and it's really interesting if you've watched the GUI video mm-hmm, I have yeah, it's a, you. yeah. Mm-hmm. that is about her experience with being exploited for money mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, losing her artistic control yeah because she wasn't allowed to say no because it made money like the fragrances the 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 bodies Mm -hmm. like the themes and all that that she did she never wanted to do any of those and she spoke about that in interviews there's she honestly like in the recent years she's really became like an advocate for mental health and things yeah of course and there's uh i could listen to her talk about it all day because she's Mm -hmm. so eloquent and in the videos she she there's a part where she discusses that she started to say no again after Art Pop. So after Art Pop came her. out, she started to say no. She says, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. There's more to me than standing, taking a photo with someone or promoting something that I yeah. don't want to promote because it makes you money. Yeah. And like the GUI video, if you think about it from that perspective and then watch it, it's very fantastic. Like Jesus experience. is in that video. Michael yeah. Jackson's in that video. And she's trying to create the perfect man. Because every man she's been encountered, she's encountered has wanted something from her. Yeah. And it's we're coming um, for the pop machine again. Lewis is coming for it. He's coming for the pop machine, quite rightly so. What's that? What's the, what's <laughs> we the, come, the we, yeah. yeah, we come we come for the pop machine like every week. We're trying yeah, to get the it down. systems the system's <laughs> been dismantled episode by episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, That's <laughs> our hope. Yeah. Anyway. There's yeah, nothing else. Um, would say let's dismantle the patriarchy. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Um, and all systems that, that actually, I mean, I, I think about the patriarchy mm-hmm. a lot and actually I, the, more I, the more I think about it, I think the patriarchy has done men dirty too totally. because it's, it's, it's given them something, um, it, it's propped them up for years, uh-huh. but not in any way that's healthy for them no. even. Like it's oppressed women, but it's also oppressed men in the sense that it's 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 offering them something that cannot be sustained yeah. and again it's turning men and women against mm-hmm. each other because when women have started to rise up and challenge the patriarchal system it's pitting the genders against each other again it's pitting yeah. men against yeah. uh, women because we're, we're now being told that oh feminism is a threat to us no feminism is a threat to patriarchy exactly. it's not a threat to men exactly. men can get in on this as well yeah. men can get in on yeah let's uh, let's have equality for all people men and women and and yeah like I I genuinely from the bottom of my heart believe that and you know it's about looking at this for for what it is rather than um you know systems are, are put in place to destroy the the needs and the rights of all human beings it's just that men have benefited from the patriarchy but that doesn't mean to say that just because they've benefited from it 
that it's good for them. No, yeah. I'm it's like that, because I'm, I'm not smiling because I'm, I'm enjoying that. <laughs> the patriarchy? So, you no, know, you, you, you explained it so... Yeah. So great. Nobody can see what I did there. I didn't. Okay. I so. <laughs> I really hope <laughs> so because yeah. I often feel like when I say that I want to speak up for, like, on men's behalf, like, somehow... I feel like I'm betraying the sisterhood or I'm yeah, perceived no, to be yeah. betraying the sisterhood no, and that is not, not my no. intention. I just feel like I'm seeing things no. finally for what they are yeah. and, and seeing things for like how feminism isn't an attack on men. No, it's no. like it's like it's like demanding a complete overhaul of a system that has been broken like since it, ever. It's broken. Yeah, so like and, let's and do my, it. <laughs> my greatest fear with the whole like coronavirus, the lockdown, the pandemic, my if I have a fear, my greatest fear is that we're gonna come out of this still unchanged and not having learned anything. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, this is going way off the subject of, of music, but oh, really? I think it's kind of it's all tied together yeah. somehow. Oh, I hope we come out of it different mm-hmm. human beings, or yeah. at least at the very least wanting to. Yeah, be like more informed. Yeah. Hollywood is a monster. Yes. Like, this oh, off topic, but um, my other love aside from music is um, classic Hollywood movies. Yes. And classic Hollywood actresses are my mm-hmm. favorite. Like. Joan Crawford, Betty Davis, Olivia de Havilland, like all of them, I am obsessed. I love them. I think they were, um, that happened because of the music I liked though. That yes. was a the thing. Mm-hmm. I found the same thing I found in Shania Twain and Gaga and those women. Yes. And they were shining beacons of power and yeah. a male landscape in yes. the movie. But mm-hmm. behind it all, they were manipulated. Like, totally. And there's one of my favourite. Sorry if you can hear that train passing. Um, <laughs> You're quite all right. There's one of my favourite TV shows is called Feud. It only ran for one season, and it was a Ryan Murphy number. The same guy oh, who did it. Okay. Horror Story, Glee. Yeah. Uh, Jessica Lange played mm-hmm. uh, Joan Crawford, and Susan Sarandon played Betty Davis. Amazing. And it's about the filming of Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. And all the things that they did to those women yeah. to, to, to get headlines. They pitted them against each other. Mm-hmm. They told lies. Well, they would phone up the newspapers and say, Joan said this about Bet, uh, about Bet Davis. Yeah. Bet said this about Joan. And then they would hate each other. And they yeah. did it so that they would get a good storyline. And, th- and mm-hmm. it's just. It's like using people as like. Dis- yeah, like disposable chess pieces, like in this horrible oh. machine. Like that's all we are. Like everyone's just playing a big game of chess with them. And it's so sad. And we're coming for it. <laughs> we're coming for, for it in the way that we know how I mean I it's so funny like this is it's it's interesting we're having this conversation it's obviously the last episode of series one and I can't think of a better end you know me and Natalie went into this um project with like let's let's discuss I mean I think <laughs> let's discuss you know the <laughs> what is it we did in episode one N- Nelly Kelly Ellie Kelly, let's let's take a, a 2000s uh, 90s pop banger every week and dissect it. <laughs> but then I think we did sit down and go, we'll also like let's make this podcast like a celebration of our friendship and the conversations that we're having that are that are maybe useful mm-hmm. in some way. And and let's just like expand on that. And I think week on week, and this is part of Natalie, her willingness to just go off script and talk about 
like the things that are important to her and and be spontaneous and just ha- literally just have conversations um over zoom and and put them out there and I, i'm very much i want everything to be scripted and controlled because that's my safe place and natalie like my friendship with her has encouraged me to go outside of that and and be silly and creative about the things that we're talking about and yes we have like hopefully themes every week but my favorite moments genuinely have been when we've gone <laughs> off script and we've started to talk about like the whole thing about the pop that's something that kind of just evolved naturally of its own yeah, accord like that's what happens you start, we talking, talking yeah, you start talking about pop music and you end up talking about the pop machine you can't get away with it well, it no and, and yeah these it? were just ah. conversations we were having like mm-hmm. as friends and and to be able to kind of put that out there and and no we don't have a huge audience we might never have a huge audience but i think but the people that we that do always- have our true gems and okay. this one right here yeah, of course <laughs> and I think if if nothing else it's 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 us saying we have a voice we want to use it for good things mm-hmm. and if people want to come along and, and join the ride for whatever reason we're, we're delighted by that and we I think yeah just Natalie gives me that freedom to just be loose and just to see what happens and <laughs> not be so hung up on things well, all the time. Welcome to my that. chaotic life. Yeah, I'm like Natalie, I'm chaotic as fuck. Like, see, writing that. Louis, what are we going to be like on Monday? Send help. Oh, well. <laughs> just, just side note for everyone Natalie and I are going to placement together. How exciting is that? It's going to be so chaotic, dude. <laughs> the next gen is not ready. But you couldn't have two better leaders for the next generation coming up that's going to parent these Mm -hmm. kids, like not obviously literally, but to provide a a role model to look up to that that is calling out all of the the bad things and celebrating all the good things. Off topic again. Well, not really. No, this whole thing has been off topic. Go for it. (laughs) One of the things I'm planning right now, like we have to do a lot of lesson planning, unit planners Mm -hmm. and things. And obviously I don't have the license yet to pick exactly what I'm doing, but yeah. I've started to think about what I will pick when I do have the license to be able to do that. And I really, really, really want to do a persuasive writing unit on the Free Britney movement. Amazing. And the, the idea of conservatorship. And yes, media, all this stuff, yeah. That. Because it's so important, so important, because it is. didn't have the, the experience of seeing her oh. on TV so strong and then not like they, yeah. they, they missed all of that and I think that's so important to shine a light on because it's yeah. it's and like, it is and it's it's so much easier for kids to be taken advantage of nowadays because like they just kind of open themselves up on social media like they're so vulnerable and then all oh, this horrible totally. stuff happens on there like oof, like we were kind of protected from yeah. that side of things in a way mm-hmm. for a for a mm-hmm. good bit of our kind of childhood and early teens which i'm really grateful for because i think kids today have oof, got a rough man totally i feel like those things that happened to to britney to all of the the artists of that area yeah they, they had to happen yes they had to happen i don't think without the anything would change no and i think things Things are easier now for musicians. In a lot of ways, they're harder, but in a lot of ways, they're easier. Um, they have more license to talk about what they want to talk about and things, yeah. not just 
manufacture stuff yeah i was gonna say the the manufacturing side has really died down because people can now put out their own music so they're not kind of held to like a sort of record label or whatever people pleasing kind of idea so i think that has improved things a lot for artists that's true 100 percent. yeah very interesting times we live in exciting to be part of it (laughs) excited to be part of your future lesson planning (laughs) i've been with the unit hand don't worry (laughs) sharing is caring Oh. <laughs> amazing so who who do you love now um lewis have you have you discovered any new artists that have excited you in that way like the similar ways to what you've described or are you still kind of going back to um i think a lot of people have got a bit nostalgic during mm. lockdown and people you can see in the youtube comments they're going back to the music they loved growing up has that yeah. been your experience or have you got in touch with new artists at all my um I don't feel like there are many artists out there now that really inspired me the way that Gaga did or Kylie did Mm -hmm. and what I've started to do now like from conversations with my mum I really like I can't tell you why but I really picked her brain for what she liked and what she listened to Mm -hmm. and it really like then I started listening to people like Prince, Bowie, um, not as I said they weren't my idols but I started to listen to them and then that was when I started to discover things like Drag Race for example that really gave me the queer education that I needed. Shout out to our winner Lawrence Cheney. Oh, yeah. queen. Um, yeah. But it giving me the knowledge that Britney wasn't the first, Kylie wasn't the first, Gaga mm. wasn't the first. I had no idea about Whitney, all these people, you know, like obviously yeah. I knew some of the songs, but I wasn't like, wow, they'd really shaped. inspired you. They, they were like from another time, you know. Yeah, yeah. Totally. And recently I have been so, 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 so obsessed with Motown. That's um, amazing. Diana Ross. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't even realise that this queen was so prolific. Yeah, Um, within, like, the ballroom scene and stuff, totally, like, yeah. Amazing. Recently, I've really been... I've been obsessed, like, I can't stop. Like, all of them, Gloria Gaynor as well, I've been obsessed Mm -hmm. with her, Donna Summer. Yeah. I love them all. And obviously, when I was young they weren't in the charts they're not in the charts now but I didn't have the kind of knowledge about that until it later on and now I'm going back to them yeah that's so cool same with Kylie I had the new stuff when I was a wee guy Mm -hmm. and now as an older in my teens and things I went back to 80s 90s Kylie you know Um, I've kind of doing the same thing I I think I, I discussed this on like an earlier episode as well but like I think that you can ever physically connect with music the same way that you do when you're a teen. I like like as you get older, as you get older, you just don't make the same connection. So like you can deepen your understanding of music, but you'll never have that sort of feeling again, like with new artists. I don't think. I just don't think it happens. Yeah, I think there's an element of truth in that. But I like how it's like you're going back in time to understand where we came why? from. Why? Yeah. Like, and what, why you are the way what, you are and what the yeah. impact those artists had then on what would come later totally. um, yeah and I think actually RuPaul himself mm-hmm. is is 
I mean, he's an older generation again, and I think yeah. I'm sure he would speak very intelligently about um, what certain artists in the kind of 70s and maybe early 80s um Mm -hmm. what relevance they would have had for for queer culture back then and so yeah I think it is important to kind of look at your roots and and to enjoy the music obviously first and foremost but understand where they fit into this huge jigsaw puzzle of self-expression and political liberation yeah definitely I love that um it's just fab like but it's what you said Natalie like once you have grown up around certain things your taste is formed at that point yeah that's it it's like pretty i find it quite difficult to to identify with still bands or yeah like i will still look for females Uh uh-huh totally yeah yeah dua lipa almost was there with me i like her but but that's what I mean I think just as you get older like that connection you have is never the same like because I feel like I compare it to like when you had you experience like teen love like it's so intense like you have this deep infatuation and you just never experience that again in your life like you 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 have love but it's not the same sort of obsessive kind of thing yeah I would be almost interested to know like I'd love to get I'd love to do like a sort of little interview with someone from the um, the current kind of generation of the youths as we are no ah. and what people what, what artists like Dua Lipa and um, Billy Eilish mean to them what are Definitely. they seeing in those women that we mm. maybe that we maybe don't see you know other than just appreciate I think, I think we see yeah I think yeah know, but she's not yeah. changing my life I mean yeah, I wonder but, that, but I think it's just whose cool. lives are, are yeah. doing and Billy Eilish impacting like I, that that's what I think, yeah like I think the thing is that we can always appreciate and understand what they are but because we're too old <laughs> but like I'm like I'm not saying it as if we're really old but I just I no. just feel like this experience is something you can only have as a teen you can only listen to that this new person and yeah. take everything from it as a teen I feel like as an adult you can absorb it but it never sinks in it just stays on the surface it doesn't go deep whereas like when you're a teen it's as if like every every pore in your body is open to like accept (laughs) this experience and you're not that never happens in your life again like Mm -hmm. ever it's so strange to explain but I feel like that is the truth like once Mm -hmm. you get into your 20s it's as if like your brain is like I am this fully formed person I can take other artists in and enjoy them but they can't live in my brain the people that are living in my brain are the people that stay there forever and i can't add anything similar thing to like there's is there a certain like um age stage where you can take on um your ears can pick up different languages so if a child moves yes Uh part of the world they can absorb the natural like Mm -hmm. the language of where they're living and then after a certain cutoff point yeah uh-huh. it's basically puberty i think it's like yeah yeah it's like it's like sort of pre sort of like, you know, like mid sort of teens yeah it is, i think <laughs> it honestly it is, i think that's what it is and i don't know how to explain it to other people and people like see the teens now they think it's not going to happen to them they think that they're going to be relevant forever but let me tell you they won't yeah, be in 10 years in 10 years they'll be where we are and they're Billy Eilish. back so. on Billy Eilish and going, <laughs> she was it for me. That's <laughs> what she taught me. Exactly. Like, aside from like the generational thing, do you not think that we were just so lucky? We were. Because see the 2010s 
kind of era. Mm-hmm. I do not believe, and I stand by this, that there was a better time in pop music. I think pop was, music, yeah. We had, like, there was Gaga. Prior to Gaga, there was Madonna, who paved way for a lot of things. Also, mm-hmm. shout out to Madonna, fantastic. Yeah. But with, with, with Gaga, there was Nicki Minaj as well. She was really important. Yeah. She was the antithesis of what a rapper should be, in my opinion, mm-hmm. at the beginning of her career. But that was a total... Remember the Waves Super Bass made? Literally yeah. Waves, this, pop R- this pop rap mm-hmm. R&B mashed together with mm-hmm. this, you know, this black ethnic woman wearing wigs, wearing... Yeah. Being the different so coloured DMs. So cool. Such a cool look. Yeah. And then you start... And I really do believe that, like, Gaga kind of had an impact on all the female wearing the wigs, mm-hmm. being these kind of creatures. Totally. It was like taking away like the even like sort of like gender wasn't even a thing. It was like being a human wasn't even a thing. Yeah. Totally. totally. <laughs> it's amazing. And I think that that was what made pop then exciting. Totally. I think there's so many different eras like mm. and it all depends on like what age you are at the time and like so like that this kind of era was when I was like in my late teens and early 20s so I was like still relatively like kind of being able to absorb but uh yeah it's so interesting yeah. like so I wonder because like I wonder what kids would think about this or whatever like teens we'll find out on Monday just ask them I love children <laughs> um but I I've also realized we missed off one of probably the best um, Gwen Stefani. Can we talk about her for a moment? Love Angel Music, baby. That was a fucking Only moment. talk about Gwen Stefani. We of can course we can. talk about the fact that she was partially responsible for me wearing a culturally appropriated bindi when I was <laughs> because of the video for Don't Speak or wherever it was. Don't like, speak. that was another moment girl. where it was like two different, two different people. Yeah, like, I get, dude. Then, like she literally came from the same like Californian ska punk scene. I'm like, what a queen! Like she was just trying to like make her way, like elbowing all the boys out the way, like Blink One Eight Two out the road. Yeah. Right, I'm trying to get some space here, <laughs> and like good on her. And then she just transformed, like when mm-hmm. she went solo, and it's just mm-hmm. so interesting. And everything oh. about her kind of like artistry and aesthetic was so fairy tale. Like, mm-hmm. do you remember she had such a uh, kink for Alice in Wonderland? Oh, and totally. But it was so fresh. <gasps> and then amazing. she had all the, like, Japanese K-pop yes. culture coming in as well. Totally. I had the Japanese. perfume. I had the Harajuku perfume yeah. thing. <laughs> that was it. That was it. Harajuku girls. And it was so different. It was uh-huh. so different. Totally. And she was, that album. That's that's what I smelled like all through high school the baby powder one the baby yeah. one yeah that was me mm-hmm. baby <laughs> and I feel like she's kind of forgotten about by a lot of people because I think she has as well because she had such a sort of a strange musical career like if you liked her in the ska punk phase you probably didn't like her when she went solo you know yeah. and yeah, vice a versa didn't. a lot of people yeah. I remember having a conversation at mm-hmm. the time where um, I, I don't really speak to this person anymore, but not for this reason, although it will be <laughs> But she was like, I, I mean, what, what's happening, Gwen Stefani? Like, she's releasing songs about, like, B-A-N-A-N-A-S. And I was like, yeah, B-A-N-A-N-A-S. Like, it is bananas. 
and, and yeah but that was something I could tell mm-hmm. um that what she was releasing in the in that kind of era it was authentic to her it, it was her yeah. genuinely um, totally. expressing a passion that she had for kind of Japanese culture and yeah weird aesthetics and yeah that Alice in Wonderland thing I never felt like somebody had said do you know what Gwen what might, what might be a really good idea is to go down the Harajuku Juka girls I can't even say the word <laughs> from everything but I, d- I didn't feel like anyone had imposed that on her I no 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 yeah something that she's discovered a kind of passion for and she's mm-hmm. been running with it and being creative totally. It's mm-hmm. like that, this. Oh, let's let's shut everything down. Any kind, anytime there's any, mm-hmm. an artist changes in any way, let's shut that oh, down. Shut down. I hate yeah. that. Human beings don't evolve, and, uh-huh. and you know, yeah. Honestly, every single fandom I've been involved in has this problem. It's like literally, they just want the same album over and over again. But I'm like, what is the point? That will never happen. No, like, and we, do, we wouldn't want it to happen. Totally. She can't like, be great. Yeah, you know? in the Little Monsters fandom, this is like a huge point of contention. Oh yeah, tell us. Well, Gaga, for, for me, the best out, al- my favorite album of all time, Born This Way. Um, that was the first song I heard where the words "Born to Be Brave," "Transgender" were used. Yeah. Um, fun fact: Born This Way was the first song ever released to include the word the word transgender. I was thinking about that yeah. literally last mm-hmm. night, Lewis. Like, I, literally, I was like listening mm-hmm. to Born This Way and remembering how I felt yeah. the first time I heard that, where she goes, um, oh, I wish I could remember the lyrics, but when she started singing them, I was going, wait a wee second. Yeah. And I'm going <laughs> to bring up the lyrics now. Talking about this song, like, it gets me quite... Um, no, totally, because... Sad. No matter gay, straight or bi, lesbian, trans, transgendered life, I'm on the right track, baby, I was born to survive. No matter black, white or beige, chola or orient made, I'm on the right track, baby, I was born to be brave. Yeah. You can say what you like. There's a lot of discussions happening happening around, um, you know, LGBTQ plus at the moment. Yes. At that time, it was important that we had that song with those lyrics in it, celebrating everybody and mm-hmm. people. Okay. And I think even correct me if I'm wrong, Lewis, but I think there was discussions happening at the time, even around her calling the song "Born This Way," that people somehow weren't happy with her saying that. People weren't happy because a lot of people see somebody dressing up and putting things onto their body mm-hmm. as not being born that way yeah like she got a lot of stick for that want, yeah. a lot of stick for that but those people just misunderstood what totally. was actually was being said but i think that every generation has a song like that mm-hmm. they just can be progressively more explicit yes and, so and include and include more um exactly umbrella people under the umbrella mm-hmm. that were previously mm-hmm. ignored you know like obviously like because trans trans visibility yeah. was not good at all up until that time so mm-hmm. still now so, even but before born this way the, i mean the song that sticks out in my mind is the one that everybody compared born this way to which was express yourself by madonna mm-hmm. now if you listen to the lyrics of express yourself it's a similar kind of vibe like mm-hmm. do you express who you are like respect yourself things like that it was those that's the kind of vibe of the lyrics and so that i would say is where the comparison comes from and on top of that people say you you can actually sing or in this way over express yourself i've tried it numerous times you can't they're very similar <laughs> send us the voice notes later literally 
but I don't know if you listen to Express Yourself, you will hear Born This Way. Yeah. Um, I have a mashup version of it on my iTunes and I'm obsessed. Amazing. Um, but wow. Have you ever watched <laughs> videos of like, I think there's a video on the internet of Ed Sheeran doing it, where they have a guitar and they have four chords and right. they're not allowed to use any other chords other than uh-huh. those four chords. And there's someone who'll shout out a song. And oh, Ed, do it. Ed would find a way, right? Yeah. And the reason for that is because all music, all pop music is uh-huh. based on the same four chords. Oh, totally. All of, it, all of it, whether or not it's in the yeah. same order is a different thing, but it's based on the same four chords. Totally. It's all about that so, chord progression, baby. Totally. So people came for her and said, you've copied Express Yourself. And she's like, what, because I use the same fucking chord progression that's been used in pop music for the past 50 Forever. years? Yeah, fucked. like Oasis do it with every song and they're still fine. But what we've managed <laughs> to do is, though, take those... Well, actually, it's more impressive the fact that we've take, we've got these chords, mm-hmm. but we've done so much. So much different things. Them. Exactly, exactly. Well, yes. and, we've, and each generation has put their own voice on mm-hmm. top of those four chords. Mm-hmm. I mean, that for... for from where I stand, I always felt like Born This Way was actually more about saying, like, beyond sexuality, it was like, you've you've been mm-hmm. born a certain way, a, a unique way, and your job is to live authentically within that, the way you've been created, and resist at all costs the projections that yep. society puts um, on you, like romantic yep. partners, friendship groups resist everything they're putting on you yes take all the good the good that comes from all of those things but essentially Mm -hmm. resist that becoming what forms your identity you've been born a certain way and celebrate that and express that and just be yourself I mean I think even the phrase be yourself has been so overused to almost like lose all its meaning I mean just to kind of very briefly I mean I I have got quite a deep faith, for example. Um, I don't talk about about it very often because I don't like having to then unpick, you know, for me having to say every single time, I've got a really deep faith, but I hate religion. I'm very resistant of of religious constructs and, and, you know, man-made religion. I hate all of that. And actually, interestingly interestingly enough, Jesus hated all of that too. The only people he came for, if you do read the scriptures, regardless of what you believe, whether you believe he's, he's, you know, the savior or whatever, the only people he resisted were religious leaders, like the Pharisees. He resisted them at all costs. And he celebrated people that were oppressed, that were down down in you know that had been kicked down by life and his yeah. mission was to uplift those people and to bring them freedom and life and you know so I find myself in this kind of weird nether realm of, of, of yeah. yes, saying that I have beliefs by all to all intents and purposes I am a Christian but but being myself my true authentic self in the midst of all of that and celebrating the way I was born and, and created or, you know, whatever you, you want to believe in. There's a tension in that because it's it's yeah. hard to be part of a faith group sometimes, but yet fully be yourself and not have religion yeah. form who you are. Yeah. I don't want religion, religion to tell me who I am. Yeah. 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 Faith yeah. and religion are two different concepts. Of course they and are. It's so important to recognise that. A lot of people don't. Mm-hmm. Um, you can be faith of, of anything. You can be faithful in anything. You can have faith and not yeah, believe have, be part of in an Christianity. Religion, yeah. In mm-hmm. my opinion, you can have faith and not believe in Christianity. Yeah, totally. Um, of course. Yeah. 
it's a yeah. celebration of, of being who you are and that can often be very, very difficult. Totally. <laughs> it is. When you belong to a faith group, it, it's yeah, totally corny. So that's my kind of, that's what I take away from Born This Way. I listen to lyrics of Born This Way and I go, yeah, I am going to, I'm going to be Julie before I'm a Christian. Before I'm a Christian, I'm going to be Julie. Yeah. And that, I like that that's how you take it. I think the good thing about this song is everyone can take it a little take bit differently. Yeah, I think that's the whole point. Like, because it doesn't just t- pigeonhole yeah. the LGBTQ community. No. Yes, there's a verse about that, but the born this way concept isn't just applicable to somebody no, who's it's... gay or struggling no. or this or that. It's applicable to everybody. Yeah, and it's then... like if you feel like you don't fit in somehow, some way into society, this song is here for you. Like there mm-hmm. is a place for you and don't feel mm-hmm. like you have to change for anyone. 100% you know? it's, it's a celebration isn't it like yeah like this podcast yeah, <laughs> that, that song changed my life seriously changed my life like that's amazing it, um I remember the first time I listened to it I was crying because I listened to it with my mum she Aww. was there and um, it really like I'm actually I could cry to it. it's just such a um there's that you'd never I hadn't had heard that as much as Shania was great and Kylie was great and all these people were fantastic and I knew why I didn't know why I was attracted to them in such a way to obsess with them with Gaga I knew straight away I was like oh my god she gets it she gets me (laughs) she gets it she gets me I'm not a weirdo um Mm -hmm. I, I you know it took me a while to come out after that song but that was what really propelled that journey yeah. to to understanding. Oh my God, I'm a raging homo and I love Lady Gaga. <laughs> there is su- there's such power and strength in someone giving you yeah. permission to be yourself. Mm-hmm. One of one of the most amazing things I took away from therapy was my therapist giving me permission to process things that I'd suppressed. Permission yeah. is massive when someone tells you it's okay to be you, it's okay to have all the feelings you're having, um, you're validated. There's yeah. something so powerful totally. about validation, no matter mm-hmm. who, where it's mm-hmm. coming from. Mm-hmm. And I, I can I can only imagine, yeah, the impact that must have had on 100%. you. I love that. And like she was also the first um pop star to name her fans. Mm. Yeah. Like, the fandom <laughs> trend started with Gaga. Oh um and it really like even although she she for a while she was like the twitter queen she had the most followers on twitter um because she was also the first pop star to use social media and the way that it's now being used yeah she was the first um Mm -hmm. and it was like a community like she would tweet us and things which was not the norm my some of my best friends best best friends of my life i met through uh, Twitter, Gaga Twitter. That's adorable. Um, and we're still friends to this day. And it just really, like, aside from the music, it was like a, a support group, it was a support community. And I think that she only achieved that through the, obviously technology, but being brave enough yourself to, to put music like that out because that could have ended her career. Yeah. If it, it really could have because nobody uh-huh. did that. 
nobody did that she was no. the first after yeah Madonna, but she was like yeah but she was like you know this message is so important that i actually don't care <laughs> like yeah. like like I, like this message means more to me and the people out there listening to this than what could mm-hmm. potentially happen with my career totally so that's amazing yeah yeah, yeah and it made me it made me feel like i feel it's delusional i'm not personally attached to her but i feel like i am yeah yeah of course i have like been on the she has so much pain. Yeah. And I feel like I've went along with all of that and um really been part of something. Like she even now, like the movies and stuff she's doing, I still follow her in the same way I did yeah. when Telephone first came out. I'm still as obsessed. Maybe not as forthcoming about it in my everyday life, but I still yeah. really look to her for inspiration and um she influences what I like as well because when she went into jazz, for example, I've never yeah. fucking listened to jazz in my life, <laughs> literally. And now I'm like the biggest Tony Bennett fan. Give me all the American classics. I was literally. I love that. Yeah, I forgot yeah. she'd done that. She's had so many eras. She's had so many eras. Do you remember that performance she did at the Oscars when she did um, Sound of Music oh. songs? And people mm-hmm. lost their mind again because there, there was kind of not that it matters but there was a kind of sense that it was stripped back there wasn't as much kind of makeup or whatever which is is relevant in some way because yes makeup's used to create literally change the way your face looks and create a different look again but it was was showing a different side that she could do stripped back and she could literally just be this powerful powerful voice which I, I hate it when people are like when people see a performance like that and go, oh, that's, you know, that's authentic. No, everything's all valid together. You know, crazy makeup, like, in the telephone video she's got, yeah, Mm -hmm. like, you see the neon hair, her hair kind of wrapped round, like, was it cans? Like, juice cans or something? Yeah, it was, like, Diet Coke or something. That's that's as valid as her singing, you know, Mm -hmm. favourite things from Sound of Music at the Oscars. They they can exist together. Um, but yeah, yeah. That, that was so beautiful. And then obviously she's she's now done um, the next incarnation of A Star Is Born, which I have to admit I haven't oh. seen. But um, <gasps> I know how bad it's <laughs> I really do. Need to, I feel Julie's like, got homework. Julie's you know, got homework for I've next definitely week. Definitely got homework. Well, actually, hey. I want and I want to now see that film, and I want to see Five Foot Two, and I'd be interested to know your thoughts mm-hmm. on that. Mm-hmm. I've only read we reviews. What's your thoughts on uh, Five Foot Two? I like it, don't get me wrong. Um, I don't know how I feel on it. I, I, yeah. it it's, it's quite jarring, mm-hmm. a lot of it, because she's, she suffers from fibromyalgia, mm-hmm. and the documentary really centres on that. Um, mm-hmm. Because I remember when Born This Way came out, I was lucky enough to go to the Born This Way Ball in London, and that was one of the biggest tours in history. Um, it did every continent of the world. Um, I think it was like over 300 shows or something like that. I don't know, it was huge. Yeah, same as Monster Ball. But um, halfway through that tour, she broke her hip. Mm-hmm. Literally broke her hip. And there's a video of it on YouTube when it happens. You can hear her screaming down the microphone. She was singing um, Shaisa, the... Um, song from Born This Way and 
after that, everything went quiet and everything went shh. And then after that, art pop came out and that was all a whole other thing. But the fibromyalgia, I think, was spurred on by that break in the hip. Right, yeah. And she really goes into a lot of detail about it and you see her screaming in pain. And in this document, you see her screaming. And that for me is difficult because as I don't know her personally, you know, I don't know the pain she's going through, but for me, she's a superhero. So seeing yeah. that is a little bit, vulnerability. I'd rather not see it. It's nice to see it, but the, 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 Dreamer in me, I guess, doesn't want to, to 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 know that side because you're a superhero to me, and you need to be really. Because yeah. I'm not, so I need you to be that for me. Which yeah. is ridiculous, ridiculous. Because not everybody, she's a human being at the end of the day. But I find it quite difficult to watch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's understandable. Yeah, I think it is weird when you 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 know that there's a documentary coming out about someone that you that you love so much and you have your certain expectations yeah. of what you would like to see discussed and what you would like to see within that and when when it's something that's completely alien to your experience with that artist oh. it can be quite jarring i'm just laughing mm. because I, I remember when um I was told that there was going to be an Ariana Grande documentary on on um Netflix and I got super excited and it was literally just concert footage and yeah. i'm like i don't that's know. all we want I want well, some I mean, you. conversations with her yeah. about uh, relationships. I don't yeah, want we, uh, we want yeah, we want something that we can tear apart for three hours on a podcast. Okay. <laughs> this is no That's use good. to us. Uh-huh. This concert is no use. Yeah. I wasn't, but yeah. But it is good. It is nice. There's some really nice scenes in it. Because it's when she was filming Joanne. Mm-hmm. It, when she was recording Joanne, sorry. There's some really beautiful scenes in it with Florence Welsh. Nice. Um they have a song together on Jan, and that's lovely. That yeah. it's really nice. There's like digging each other up, and they've got microphones facing oh, each other, singing the song together. And it's just beautiful. Yeah, Florence is awesome too. Oh, fabulous! Yeah, fabulous. Um, but yeah, you should watch it. Oh Let me know what you um, think. <laughs> I know, and uh, I only watched *The Star Is Born* once, and I watched it on a plane, which was stupid. Because yeah. um, I thought I'd be fine because I'd seen the Barbara Streisand version, so I knew that I knew the plot line, and I was like, hmm. "I know it's sad, I know what happens. I'm totally prepared to watch this." Right? Wrong. Okay, wrong. Weren't prepared. Wrong. I had an emotional breakdown at thirty-seven thousand feet, and the guy next to me, the random stranger, random stranger, was uh-huh. like, eh, "Can I move seats because psycho?" <laughs> but I mean, like, well, he didn't say that out loud. But that's what he was thinking in his head. That's what he was thinking in his head. Like he just kept, like, "Wow, is this crazy lady okay? Is this crazy lady okay?" It's and I'm funny, like, "Listen, <laughs> the, you saw the Barbara Streisand one. You said, yeah, yeah." So there's three. It's Judy Carlin. I've, I've, well. I've never seen that. Yeah. I've never seen that one. Never seen that one. Yeah. That. I told you I love classic, <laughs> told you I love classic Hollywood movies. Come Judy Garland, another one of my fucking icons, right? Yeah. That, I've got homework to do as well. Seen, watching this. If, if you have not seen Judy with Rooney Zellweger, oh, I haven't seen that either. I've not seen it. I've got homework. I have so much homework now. Yeah, but I thought it was so cool that A Star is Born is a recycled story, but it really goes with what music was prevalent at that time. So, like the yeah. 1950s one with Judy Garland was a musical Broadway star, uh-huh. yeah. the Barbara Streisand one was rock star, yeah, and the Gaga one is a pop star. Pop star, yeah. it's very so cool, amazing. 
Like it's and not I'm, just like like a redoing for redoing. No, it's, like, it's, it's again, really well done. generation has its star that is born, mm-hmm. and then all the stuff exactly. they go through. Wonderful. Oh, yeah, it's so and it's good. interesting it's so because uh, in all of them, the demises of the man, the lead male. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll not ruin how, but yeah. Yeah. It's that was it really highlighted it was it really highlighted that sort of vulnerability like that guys have like within them that wasn't yeah that we've been thinking about more in the in recent times which is a good thing to think about you know and now now that she's an established actress um Mm -hmm. she is uh do i don't even know this she's filming another movie right now with adam driver the guy for star wars (gasps) and marriage And so from Girls, yes, Girls so is one of my favourite TV shows ever. Well, well, you're going to die when I tell you this, right? So they're the leading man and lady, Gaga and Adam Driver. Yeah. And he is playing Maurizio Gucci. Yes. She is playing Patrizia Reggiani. Uh-huh. My Italian senses are tingling. So they were, like, <laughs> they were Italy's first power couple. Wow. And, like the media and things they're they're not recent yeah. this was in the 90s i think or the 80s and patrice Rodiani married mauricio gucci and the story goes that he did something to her cheated on her whatever and she hired a hitman to kill him and mm-hmm. he was murdered and uh, she went on for months without being discovered was at the funeral with her mm-hmm. bail giving it all that classic and then she got discovered and went to prison and they asked her why she, I think this is class, she, they asked her, um, why did you hire someone to do it? And she says, because I was scared I would miss, I've got bad aim. <laughs> <How you stopping>? <laughs> <laughs> I love it so much. And she is so candid about it. And mm-hmm. there's interviews with this woman, my Italian's pish, but the, the interviews with her are really cool. And um, Robert De Niro is going to be in it too. Jared Leto's in it. I've um, seen like there's like a viral picture going round of like her and Adam Driver where she's like feeding him something, and I'm like, I'm there. I'm already there. Yeah. The actually, like I actually love um, the brand Gucci. It's one of the kind of few mm-hmm. um, fa- uh, high fashion brands that I actively kind of follow mm-hmm. and, and love the aesthetic for. Their Instagram's mm-hmm. very interesting. They have a lot of cool stuff going on there. I think mm-hmm. Florence Welch actually was part mm-hmm. of. Um, a little campaign they had. Um, I don't like know. Was dress, range, yeah. She, yeah, she goes into a kind of charity shop and puts little notes in people's pockets, and yeah, I mm-hmm. love all of that. Um, and I had seen that there was a kind of picture of like, and I thought it was just for a fashion launch. Where and I'm like, is that Adam Driver and Lady Gaga on like a, <laughs> snow, a snowscape? I was like, yeah. what's that all about? And now that makes perfect yeah. sense. Yeah. So that's them in character. In uh, character. Wow, this is going to be exciting. Yeah, and the clothes, like aside from the music, the oh. fucking clothes, like oh. she's wearing like vintage Gucci and everything, mm-hmm. and it's just the huge fur hat. Yeah, so I can't. It. Wow, I'm, I'm so ready. I'm ready right yeah. now. I can't believe it. And I think it's really <laughs> this will be her first movie without music. Yeah, yeah so it'll be really interesting. And in this, no. it's purely acting. Be really um, interesting to see. Yeah, I'm excited. For Good luck. Good yeah, luck, Gags. I'm sure you've got this one in the bag. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. for you, Hen. Aye. Total yeah. faith in you. Lewis, this has been amazing. You've given us way more than we could have ever wished for. <laughs> We've had I'm, amazing I conversations. Know. 
today and we're so thankful for you existing first and foremost and we're thankful mm-hmm. for how candid and transparent and funny and engaging yes. you've been we're honored to have you as a guest thanks so much that's so nice what a nice show <laughs> um, no, I'm, I'm so I'm so glad that so I'm happy yeah. and you're part of it now <laughs> you've always been part of it I'm so glad that like um, I accidentally didn't realise we were supposed to do a group project until really late on and we found each other <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad we had scramble to get a group when everybody else had scramble on whatsapp shout out to Helen and Laura as well yes, part of the elites love yes. <laughs> but uh, no this is this has been very nice. It's not often I get to speak with people who share the same outlooks on it. Yeah, um, yeah. Some people can be annoying and be like, oh, you know, I'm speaking about this. And then, yeah, but, um, Never going to get that here. So lovely <laughs> to have people who feed into my obsession with me. So yeah. Yeah, obsession is what makes life. I'm sure there's a quote. misquoting somebody about saying like something like, <laughs> without, without obsession, what is life or something? I can't even remember. I'm just talking about the yeah. but um but yeah this is what a way to cap off the end of the first <laughs> series what a so party and um we just want to take a wee second yeah to thank <laughs> yeah we want to thank anybody that's ever listened to any of our episodes watched any of our crazy youtube extras um, yeah you're part of the fam part of the pod fam amazing. we've loved it and and we're excited about what we're going to be talking about going forward um yeah. so from from jnn from julie and natalie and from lewis as well that's part of the extended family we <laughs> yeah. want to say thank you so much for listening and uh we'll see you in season two sure but we we might also have a little best of episode uh coming up and uh i'll be damned if lewis isn't part of that best of conference uh- yeah, you get the worst of him. You're gonna make the cut, oh. babes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Gaga. Yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, See you. We love you. Ciao, Bye. ciao. Bye. <laughs>